Welcome back, everyone, to Fantasy Football Weather, guys. We're here with week nine. Again, I'm Colin Golzinski, the host of our show and podcast. With me, I got my great friends and our staff meteorologists, and they are Sean Bratton. How are you, Sean? I'm doing good. Happy Halloween, everyone. And Dr. Mike Ventress in the Jets gear. We don't. Oh, know. yeah. So I got to support my team when, when we need it the most. So happy Halloween, guys. And we got Sean the Pumpkin. Happy Halloween, Sean. Pumpkin I'm Sean. there or I'm just a supportive Bears fan since uh, evidently their kickers can't hit a field goal. They'll try that, again. Wait, wait, wait. Is that really the problem, Sean? Is that really it, though? There are a lot of problems with the Bears, uh, and that's currently the city I reside. Obviously, I'm a Giant fan, but the Bears need all the help they can get right now. Well, that's a good point. I don't think any of our viewers or listeners realize this, that we are all spread across central northeast of the, the, the country, right? I, I live in Albany, New York. Yeah, and I, I moved out to uh, Chicago, but I was born and raised Giant fan. But I'm also trying to be supportive of the Bears fans out here since they've been struggling uh, of late. And Mike will always remind us where he is. Yeah, I live in uh, the enemy territory. I'm in uh, Boston, so New England. Obviously, yeah, as a Jets fan, it's good times living here. Before they, we get they... going on our rounds and our new segments that we introduced last week, I do want to give an update to everyone if they care. I took delivery of my new Yankee jersey this week. Oh, okay. Good. Late, but I am happy that it has a postseason 2019 patch, even though we didn't make the World Series. It was a good victory, a good gift, good bet. Thanks, Mike. Hey, no problem. Glad, you, glad I can supply that, your happiness. So I think we're going to start off with our whirlwind round. Our whirlwind segment, we're going to review fantasy uh, impacts due to weather from the previous week. We put out um, some impacts that we um, told you about that we actually upgraded in the week, but we're going to talk about last week's Eagle-Bills game and Browns-Patriots game. Yeah, so this was a game that we've been we were monitoring for a few days, right? We were looking at a pretty big rain event. Um, we, had, we 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 I guess we like covered this in depth last week on the podcast, pretty pretty significantly. And and I think on on Sunday there was enough evidence here to pull the trigger and upgrade the risk to an extreme. So um, an extreme is, is where we expect weather will have a significant impact on fancy production. And if you have any issues, you ever want to see what our, our, you know, we're grading every game on NFL. We have a website, uh, fantasyfootballweatherguys.weebly.com. You can go in there, check our weather table. And this was one of our big games, right? Yeah, absolutely. Website, so, again, Mike does tend to speak rather quickly. It's fantasyfootballweatherguys.weebly.com. For our viewers, the link's below. And for our listeners, it's in the, the description. Yeah, and that Patriots game we were watching all week, we did upgrade it on Sunday, but then there were a few other games where wind uh, became a factor we thought that would influence games, and that was for uh, the Buffalo Eagles game. And then also, uh, we, we also had a caution out for the 49ers and, and Carolina, Carolina game. Um, so with those games, we definitely saw some impacts due to weather. Um, Actually, for all these games, for every quarterback in all three of these games, for all six teams, all but one quarterback had less than 200 passing yards. So Tom Brady had 259 yards and two TDs. But other than Brady, every other quarterback had less than 200 yards. Brady always ruining stats for us. Well, speaking of Brady, there's a new goat in New England. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's the defense, right? Mm. I mean, they are just an unbelievable historical team. 
Um, so if we can jump in and look at some of the statistics here from this game, specifically the Browns at New England game, um, the over-under was 46.5 points. New England was favored to be the winner by 12.5. They covered that spread, um, but that obviously the, the, point, the point total was under. Um, the P- Patriots defense just balled out again. They scored another defensive touchdown. They're up to 180.44 points in our league, league of record uh, total for the season, which is 22.5 points per game. To put this in perspective, the 49ers is second with 107.78, and Carolina is third, nearly 100 points less than the Patriots. Ridiculous. They're the new GOAT. I'm telling you, they're the 19th highest scoring fantasy option this year when including all positional players. In a half-point PPR league. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is an unprecedented – like, defense typically does not do this. And and typically my draft strategy is – don't draft the defense until the very end. But if you were lucky enough to grab the New England Patriots in the, you know, 12th, 13th round, 14th round, then um, obviously you made out because you're starting them no matter what the competition is. And Baker Mayfield was another victim of this. He only threw for 194 yards. He had an interception. This wasn't your prototypical interception. He was trying to do basically look like some type of uh, like uh, almost like a handoff type pattern that we got labeled as a pass, but it went as an interception. Um, and Nick Chubb uh, went for 130 plus yards, but he didn't get a touchdown and he had two fumbles. Yeah. So he got ranked as the 24th running back on the week, surprisingly, even with those, even with those numbers, because, and you saw it, the, the New England defenders knew that the rain was going to come and be a factor here and that they, they could strip that ball. Yeah, so the, the Nick Chubb, uh, you know, dilemma there, he fumbled on his first two carries of the game, right? The first, game, the first carry looked like a new, a, one of his uh, teammates accidentally kicked the ball out of his hand. Um, this, they, then the, the second play, this, you know, Chubb broke off for a really long touchdown. It looks like he was about to, you know, he was, good about, he was about to score, and then a New England defensive man punched the ball out of his hand. Mm-hmm. It was tough, t- tough to watch, um, but, I mean, he still had a great game, 6.6 average yards per carry he still you know he did he did better than i thought he would when it when playing at a stout defense like that. he did but he only still got one reception. it seems like chubb is not getting the receptions during yeah. these weather games he got one reception for I, I forget the yardage totals like seven or 12 yards or something like that but nothing nothing really significant and then also with the other passing game obj um yep. on the other side of the ball with cleveland um or actually i'm sorry same side of the ball with cleveland obj five catches for 52 yards was a leader for um, for the for the Cleveland Browns, the only real good pass catcher. Wait, wait, wait uh, no, no, Jarvis, Jarvis Landry, Landry actually had more yardage. He had oh, you're right, he did. Five yards. He did. Surprise! Yeah. Who started Jarvis Landry in this matchup? Right? Not many. Um, I don't think anybody's even really starting him right now. But you're right, he did actually surpass OBJ in this in this game. And then on the other side of the ball, obviously Edelman balled out. He had like 78 receiving yards for two TDs. But then the other guys, people were excited about Dorsett. Three catches for 43 yards, and Sanu, the newcomer, two catches for 23 yards. Yeah, you gotta keep it. You gotta keep in mind uh, of of Tom Brady's 259 yards, 75 of them came from James White, the running yeah, back. So good point. It's a good yeah, point. he White bailed out Brady in this one. Um, Brady was ranked the fifth highest quarterback last week in fantasy pros as well as ESPN rankings. He ended up as QB 13. He didn't kill you. But he didn't make he didn't win your your week this past week. And I, I think last time when we were talking about this last week, you even said James White has been the only go-to guy for that team on the offense. And in a sense, that's a good stud. 
Well, well. So the thing is, White's been getting that like short work in the flats. He's been doing good. I thought he was going to score a touchdown in this game, um, just because he only has had one touchdown so far in the year, and he had that long break. Right, he had a a, a catch for what was it, uh, fifty nine yards. So the, the defenseman caught up to him, but he never he didn't get the touchdown, unfortunately. So moving to the other game. Yeah, but Buffalo Eagles, this was a windy game, and the announcers brought it up. The teams recognized it. The coaching staff recognized it. And, you know, Wentz only had 24 attempts for 172 yards and one TD. And, you know, um, Allen, um, you know, saved his day with eight rushes for 45, but he had 34 attempts, but only for 169 yards. He did have two TDs there. But um, both sides of the ball, they were not airing it deep. They just they couldn't get the ball downfield here. Um, Alshon Jeffrey had six catches for 64 yards. And then for Buffalo, you had um, John Brown with five catches for 54. So there were no big pass catchers. I mean, the, the running game is what really drove the points up yeah. uh, for uh, the Eagles this game. Yeah, I mean, you got Jordan Howard with 23 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. This was a, a mini breakout, right, for Miles Sanders running back. He only had three carries, but – he did have 74 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He broke away for a 65-yard touchdown. He was involved in the passing game, had three receptions for 44 yards. Um, the volume wasn't really there, but he did what he did really well with what he was given. Yeah, but like I feel with Miles Sanders, week in and week out, this is his story. He has one run or one pass catch that just goes for big yardage. Sometimes it goes for a touchdown. And, you know, like if you're starting him, you're happy, obviously, because he's getting these, you know, these long plays. But, you know, I'd like to see the volume there to make him every week starter. Free Miles Sanders. Free him. <laughs> well, uh, then you had, didn't you had Jordan Howard? And Jordan Howard did remarkable in this game as well. He had a TD himself. Yeah, so uh, Jordan Howard, I think, has surprised everyone in this year. He's been such what a reliable mean? running back and volume-based. So I um, think, I, you know, I think, I think if we go back, was it two years ago when Jordan Howard was a great, reliable guy in the Bears – and he kind of fell off. He was keeper status. Everyone loved him. Didn't do too well. He gets traded to the Eagles. Kind of, you didn't know. I think this year he's kind of going back to the pedigree that he was. Yeah. He's getting the opportunity to. And, and that's what he needs. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the Eagles are really good at finding sometimes giving, giving that extra year to – or the extra I, – I, I feel like the, the little bit left on people's careers. I feel like it happened uh, – guys, you guys have to correct me. The guy from the Saints that went there. Um, from where? Uh, Sproles. Darren Sproles. I Darren feel Sproles, like, yeah. I feel like people thought he was kind of on the out. The Eagles kind of rejuvenated him a little bit yeah. for a year or two. I feel like that's kind of what they do. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball. Mike wasn't really interested in that comment, but that's fine. No, no, no. I, I honestly forgot about Darren Sproles just because he's so old, right? <laughs> he's just he's hurt all the time. So, but, he, but you're right. He did really well in that system from coming from um, yeah. the Saints. So, uh, this, so I think my point was I'm not surprised that Jordan Howard may be rejuvenating a little bit. It'd be interesting to see maybe not to, to be so high on him as a keeper or, or anything next year because sometimes it's a one and done over there. Fair enough. Um, I think the last thing we want to talk about this is the, the running game for on the Buffalo side, right? Wasn't a whole lot of volume there. They were down by a lot. The real thing here, the, the real um, surprise, I guess you could say, is the, the work split between Frank Gore and, and Devin Singletary, right? Everyone thought Singletary was going to be the workhorse, and Gore continues to out-touch him in this. But, you know, obviously wasn't effective for Frank Gore. Only nine rushes for 34 yards. Um, Singletary had a better yards per carry, but just not getting the volume. And that's, again, his story as well. He's getting – when he does get the volume or when he does get the carries, 
he's getting the yardage. His efficiency has just been better than Gore, but they have a, they're having a tough time going away uh, from going to Gore here on almost every um, every set of downs. So I, I I like Singletary a lot. I think he has a lot of talent. Do you think? Um, I just I'm hesitant to to pl- I'm playing him this week. I'm actually playing Singletary this week against Washington. I think he has a lot of upside here. I think he has a chance for a touchdown. Do you think but the chance the, the question is the volume. Yeah, okay, I was just going to say, can Gore – well, I was going to say the volume from the other side. Can Gore sustain the type of volume they're seeing? He's a tank, bro. He's just he – every team he goes to, he just sucks it up, man. He just freaking gobbles up all the carries. He's, he's like a, a stunter for – Yeah, but I will say this. He's like a um, In the last Jackson. game, Gore had no catches, uh, but Singletary had four for 30 and a TD. Yeah. So the question is, are they going to him in the passing game now? And that would be a huge bump up for Singletary and I think um, I'm playing him this week I have him in my flex in one of my leagues cool guys so that wraps up our whirlwind round I'll say that five times fast so I guess we're going to move to our weather impacts for this week this week's weather forecasts as uh, Sean brought it up on the screen or Mike did someone did magically and as you can see lots of green but I think the green comes with some caveats. So what do you got, Sean? It, it does. It does. We have, this is the, I think the first time that we have legitimately no cautions or extremes yeah. um, for our, our Thursday, Sunday, or Monday games. However, uh, a few things. One is we may have some wind that Mike's going to talk about with some players in Kansas city. We don't think it's a major concern, but that'll tie into another segment that Mike will talk about in a, in a little bit. The other thing is if you're in the Midwest right now or Northeast, I'm in Chicago right now. We got about three, four inches of snow. Oh, um, wait, yeah, what? It, it, we already got snow. We, I mean, it's, it's been in the low thirties all day today. We got, a, I think got it's a 70 in Albany right now. Yeah. That'll change. That'll, that'll definitely change. And with that, what's going to happen is something that really typically happens, and we're looking at the Buffalo-Washington game, um, where there may be some lake effect-type snow, maybe some showers in the area. We don't think this is going to significantly impact for the major duration of the game. However, this is something that Buffalo is known for. And typically this happens in early to late fall when there's a big contrast between the water and air temperatures. When you have a really cold air mass travel over relatively warm waters, there's a lot of latent heat release. There's a lot of moisture supplied uh, to the atmosphere. It's called a very steep lapse rate. And there's a lot of precipitation that occurs lee side of, of the lakes. That's that, the right wait, side. So I just got a statement. Chicago got snow before Buffalo. Well, yep. um, we got we we got more snow than Buffalo did today. I could tell you. I could tell you that. It's been, did it, it snow in Buffalo, or do we not day. know if it actually snowed? I don't think it snowed in Buffalo yet. I know. I, I, we don't know. I don't think it snowed no. in Buffalo today. It's been really warm. Well, it's been it's been pretty warm there. Buffalo, they're, they're get ready. A, Your winter's about to start. Yeah, they're they're gonna have the cold front come through their area um, uh, later tonight to tomorrow, but into Sunday for their game. And we're looking at around game time here as you look at the screen. And, Mike, I don't know if you can kind of circle. Yeah, right there. There's that little blip there. And we, we, that looks like some lake effect-induced uh, precipitation. And that's something that we're watching out for. So keep updated Saturday so, into Sunday. So that looks like it's coming off Lake Erie, though. So is it going to trend south more? Or do we know what the pattern, if it's going to shift north? So it really depends on the local winds, right? Um, typically, when these cold fronts go through, you get like a west-northwesterly wind. It can be really tough trying to figure out where that mesoscale or very small scale band of convection or rain or snow, whatever you want to call it, 
is going to set up. So trying to pinpoint, you know, these events is, is difficult because you need a high resolution model and you yeah. need to know exactly where the wind's coming from. But it's going to, yeah, and we'll get more confidence as we get closer as those because the high res models, we can't get those this far in advance with reliability. As we get closer to the event on Sunday, we'll have a little bit more information as to, you know, will this impact that game or well, not? Then this is a great plug, right, Sean? Right, Mike? Yeah, Say, so go ahead. ahead. Do it. No, I want you to plug it today. No, no, yeah. So I mean give us the plug. Like last week, there's these weather events that we just don't fully understand or fully resolve out at these leads. It's always important to follow us on social media at FF Weather Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And that's where we'll be providing, providing these updates um, that, on these weather events. And this is a day, like maybe on Sunday, we understand where that band sets up. Maybe it sets up over the city of Buffalo and it just stays there the entire game. We're, you know, yeah. at this league, we just don't know yet. But yeah, and these 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 events have been known to have a substantial impact. I don't know if anybody remembers the um, McCoy game, LaShawn McCoy, back I think it was two maybe three years ago, where um, it was like maybe a foot of snow. Were they shoveling the lines in Buffalo? They were. Yeah, was, was, yeah, they had shovel the lines like mid game. Was it against the Patriots? Uh, God, I forget their opponent. I do. I forget the opponent, but was I remember LaShawn McCoy had like just ridiculous numbers for that game. And they got like, they got dumped like six to 12 inches of snow or whatever it was during the game. And that was all lake effect. Um, so this is a fairly common occurrence early to late fall into winter um, over uh, the Buffalo so, uh, Rochester region. To clarify in this particular event, it's going to be temperatures are probably going to be above freezing. There's a chance that there's going to be some snow and rain mixed in, but if it does snow, I don't think we're thinking that it's going to accumulate on the field at this event. That's a good point. I mean, it's still early on. Uh, accumulation would be minimal. Yeah. A couple of weeks, maybe we'll have a different story. Yeah, the cold is coming. That cold, yeah. crisp air, finally coming. The other, wow. the other thing to kind of maybe briefly point out is for the Miami Jet game, um, we are looking at the remnants of a front, the front that's actually, you know, came through Chicago going over to the, the Northeast. There's some remnant moisture associated with that that may influence for maybe a portion of the game for the Jets, Miami. We're, we're not looking at that as a major concern, but just something to bring up again for later in the week, if it does look more likely. So that wraps up our weather impacts for week nine. As you can see, we're not seeing a lot of, um, weather but stay up to date like we said with our uh our social media we are moving to our next segment the lightning round the lightning round is where we will be providing a sit start decision between two players that we all should have provided i didn't do my homework this week but mike and sean did so i will be revealing them to the group however this week, with relevant weather impact on fantasy production not really being part of the conversation as we attended this to, we're still going to do the conversation. So I'm going to start with Mike's pick, and we're going to give it to Sean. I will chime in also. So here it is. Are you ready, Sean? I'm ready. What do we got? Josh Jacobs or Le'Veon Bell? Oh, man. Um so you got, you got Le'Veon Bell facing Miami this week, and then you have Josh Jacobs going against Detroit. Um, I'm, you know, thinking about this, I think I'm going to go Bell here, uh, believe it or not. And that, the main factor for that is that they're going against Miami. And Miami is one of the worst 
in just, yards just stop there. Just stop there. They're one of the worst in everything. Yeah, they are one of the worst. They are. They allowed over 160 yards um, of rushing on average this year. Uh, they've allowed over a touchdown uh, to rushers per uh, this year as well. And, you know, like I, I don't, and also the, the other thing is that Xavier Howard, their lead cornerback is out as well. So I think that the jets are going to be able to move the ball down the field. I think they're going to get some red zone opportunities and I think that Bell is going to be able to get a touchdown or two in this game. Now, you know, I really like Jacobs a lot. I do. I think he's, you know, a great rookie, um, you know, and he's, he's been providing a lot of fantasy value. He's going against Detroit. I think Detroit is getting some momentum on defense. Their passing defense is the worst. I think it's second worst in the league. The rushing def- defense is not great, but they did hold Saquon Barkley and the Giants to 80 uh, rushing yards uh, last week. Okay. So I just I don't know if Jacobs is going to get opportunities. So I I also I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell in this situation, and you know the facts and figures were produced by Sean, so thank you. But I just think the Dolphins are ridiculously bad, and I think Le'Veon Bell will do well. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, so I was just saying, um, Detroit has given up the most fancy points to opposing running backs this year. Miami is giving up the second most points to opposing running backs this year i was trying to bait you guys here to go with the the, the better matchup but we know they're both great and i, I i'm a, i'm in agreement with you guys i i'm going with Le'Veon bell here i think the jets are they're gonna come back here big with their offense you're gonna see sam darnold um he's gonna do well i think of course you are in the jets gear going with Le'Veon bell i uh, you have to i have to just support my team i got the darnold jersey on he's not gonna be seeing ghosts this time baby were you getting a little nervous with those trade rumors hitting at the trade i was i was i was refreshing on twitter um, <laughs> as as a side note would you start darnold in a spot start here at, at qb yeah i would i, I think yeah. if you're if you're desperate it's it, don't be scared of the last two matchups that he had this is where his easy schedule comes. How about this? How, how about this? Try this on for size. Asking for a friend. Carr or Darnold this week? Carr against Detroit or Darnold versus I'll go uh, Darnold. Atlanta. I was going Darnold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Asking for a friend as, as, as Sean sets his lineup. Setting the lineup, right? Right so, now I gotta, as, I, as I do it. Hold on, guys. Sing so I want to just finish up on Josh Jacobs. And Colin, you're not going to be happy about this, okay? No, I have no emotional attachment okay. other than he did really well when I played you. Okay, yeah. So um, there was a pretty significant injury last week. On the, um, the, 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 the Oakland Raiders lost their center, Rodney Hudson, to an ankle injury. He was carted off the field. When he went off the field, Jacob struggled. So this was the bait. I was, I, was, I was wondering if you guys would take it, and you went with Le'Veon. I think Le'Veon's a pick here, too. Yeah, and also just to kind of point out, Le'Veon Bell, everyone's a little bit down on. I'm looking at some of his fantasy stats here. Yeah. He only, he's only eclipsed 20 fantasy points in our league once. But listen to his opponents. He's faced Buffalo, Cleveland, New England twice, Philly, who's had one of the best rushing defenses, Dallas, who's, who's been solid at points, Jacksonville, and that's who he's faced. Tough matchup. And that's with a lot of those is without Darnold there because he got mono somehow. Who knows? Well, maybe we do know. Well, well, we'll yeah. do that. I don't know if we want to debate that. <laughs> that that's for a different the kissing different, different discussion. But the point being is that he's faced really relatively strong opponents. I think this is going to be a chance for him to break out and show his value. Are we ready to move on to the next one? Let's do it. So, Mike, here we go. Mark Walton or Sonny Michelle? 
Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I, I have a lot of shares of these guys in all my leagues. Um, Mark Walton is going up against the New York Jets, my New York Jets, and you know that their defense is not looking great. Lost a couple of key pieces to that defense recently, one in a trade, one in an injury. Um, Walton should have a solid floor. He's getting 80% of the snaps. He's the lead back. He's a workhorse. So you, you have to feel like the floor is there. I don't feel the upsides there, though, right? So um, like Sonny Michelle, we know he's touchdown dependent. He's got a, he's got a tough matchup against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I think that the Patriots are going to be fighting hard in this one, and I think Michelle is going to be a, a component of their win here. And I think he'll get uh, those goal, goal, goal line, maybe one-yard plunges into the end zone. I'm going with Sonny Michelle on this one, guys. Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against you on this one. I'm actually going Mark Walton on this one. Um, you know, the Jets do have a, actually a relatively solid rushing defense. However, their passing defense is not, been, is not, is not great. Um, so they've been bottom 10 in passing, allowing 263 yards. Um, and also about 1.5 TDs on the ground. So if you get in the red zone um, versus the Jets, there's a chance you're getting in the red zone. Um, and I think they're going to be going to Walton with, with trading away Kenyon Drake. I think they want to see what this guy has. He's been getting – he got 11 carries and then uh, 14 carries, so his, his carry total is going up. I think he's going to have a chance to get a TD here. I'm a, worried about Sonny Michelle because I think they're going to be needing to go to the passing game here. Sonny Michelle is not a passing option. Uh, you're going to go to Rex Burkhead, who's now healthy. You're going to go to James White, who's already proven his value. So I, I think that – they're not going to have as many opportunities to go to Michelle here. And I think they're going to rely more heavily on Burkhead and white. So now I will join in because I stayed quiet for as long as these guys have ever known me to do. I, I think you're right. He doesn't have a high ceiling. It is going Ooh. to be, he's what? Ooh, oh, sorry. I, I'm going to go with Sony Michelle. I don't think, I don't, I don't think Walton. He, he's had one lone game as the lead back. I, I don't know if it, <laughs> I just have a fear that the Jets are going to go up. They're not going to use them. They need goal line work. I get it, but I don't think they're even going to get there. And mm. I, th- I, I just, I'm surprised. I mean, the, the Miami's been looking. Their offense has been a little bit more confident with yeah. this Magic heading. I, I, I'm putting faith in your Jets. Maybe, maybe I'm out on my island, but oh sometimes you got to go out there. I love it. I, I, I think, you know, I, I think with James White being the workload, but he didn't get a goal line. You know, he didn't get the touchdown last week. I think they're, they may be looking at other options. Yeah. There's so much number. Like, what about Bolton? Like, hey, are they going to go with him? Maybe? You don't know. Like, you just don't. You don't know. And that's my point. I think with Wall, but I, I, but, sure but, I, but I think, and I don't mean to interrupt, but maybe I do mean to interrupt, that <laughs> I think the likelihood, I would rather take the risk of Sony Michelle getting at the goal line than thinking that the Dolphins will be at the goal line. And you don't even know if, he, if Walton's going to be the goal line back. We've already seen the Bellagio take yeah. you know, those touchdowns. So you might- one thing I was trying to, to steer away from in my discussion is that Balage is getting some goal line work yeah. there, but I'm, he's also the most inefficient back. I feel like I've ever seen. Yeah, so I'm trash. hoping to go the Mark, you know, the Mark Walton, uh, that bandwagon gets going and they start realizing that he, he's a more valuable option, but to be seen. To be seen. Well, this is a great discussion on our lightning round. I think that wraps it up. And I think we're going to move to our last segment of the day. And this is our Thunderstruck round. The Thunderstruck round is where 
we would normally discuss our bust player of the week based on weather impacts with weather not being a significant impact this week as of yet um mike and sean have each chosen a player to discuss of their bust of the week and i will reveal them now the bust of the week that we're going to talk about is kirk cousins first Okay, so yeah, I'm going with quarterback Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been on fire. He's been doing performing really well. The Vikings offense has been passing more. And he's got a, a on paper a cushy matchup against a Kansas City Chiefs who's been giving up the 12th most fantasy points for the quarterback position this year. The problem is Cousins is going into Kansas City. He's playing at Arrowhead. And quarterbacks have been held to respectable standards there. there. There's something about the quarterbacks going into Arrowhead and just not performing up to standards. On top of that, uh, that, that factor there, there's going to be some wind in this game. And this is one of the games borderline that we decided that was not worth a caution, but it's enough to get me a little interested here in Kirk Cousins as my Thunderstruck option. Uh, there, there's a 10 to 15 mile per hour winds there. Potentially it downgrades some of those um, you know, or, or limits some of those deep passes. Um, so I'm going against the grain. I'm a little nervous about it, but my Thunderstruck guy is Kirk Cousins this week. Mike, what about if Adam Thielen is is back on the field for that game? So you have Ooh. Stephon Diggs, you have Adam Thielen, you have Cooks. Like, is that is that all concerning for you? It's a little bit concerning. I, I especially concerning if Patrick Mahomes plays. Right? If if Matt Moore takes the lead again this week, um, I, I do think that you know it's less of a concern. I don't think it'll be as, a, as big as a shootout. Yeah. I mean, you could be right on this because, I, I, you know, sorry, I, Sean, I want to interrupt you. I, I kind of did some looking too. Adam Thielen has suited up for practice in the past two days. I think he's playing. Yeah. But even, even with that, I mean, the coaching staff of the Vikings sometimes just relies heavily on the run and they just go run, run, run. So there's a chance that, that, that they do that and that they're, you know, you know, maybe, uh, Kirk Cousins only has 25 attempts. Sean, would you that say that the coaching not, staff of the Vikings ground and pound sometimes? They do. They do. And they, I mean, why not with Delvin Cook? Why would you, why would you not? Um, and Alexander Madison, Madison uh, yeah. you know, also there, like, I, I think there's some upside to just running the ball and trying to run down the clock against a powerful uh, KC offense. So I, that could be, that could come to fruition. I, I, I think I'm going to go with the grain on this one, Mike. I'm interested to see how this plays out, especially with Adam Thielen. I'm putting him in my starting spot. I'm hopeful. I, but it's an interesting pick, and we'll stay tuned, and I like it. So the last one that we want to talk about, now this one is sure going to ruffle some uh, feathers. I guess Seahawks have feathers. Um, Chris Carson. Chris Carson, right now he has a DFS value of $7,200, and he's facing what looks like a juicy matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mike, yeah, if I were to ask you, and Colin, I'm going to ask you after, where do you think the Tampa Bay rushing defense ranks? Mike, why don't you go first? So the only reason why I think Tampa Bay has probably got a, a top 15 rush defense is because everyone just passes on them. So uh, I would say they're, they're, they're on the better side of average, maybe with top 15. All right, Colin, what do you think? Well, what people don't realize is we had a really good segment where I was left out, but I edited that out, but now I'm included in the conversation. So I think, and this is the way I took tests in college when I didn't study is I used, you know, deductive reasoning. I think with Sean being as stat wise as he is and me not knowing this, I'm going to say Tampa's rush defense is in the top 10 of the NFL this year right now. 
Well, yes, you both are correct. But to hopefully your surprise and my surprise, they are ranked number one. They're the number one rushing defense with yards allowed at 68 yards per game. Now that compares um, to some of the bottom ranked teams, such as Miami and Cincinnati. And surprisingly, the only, they only allow 23 or not really allow, but they're people or other teams are only rushing 23 on average attempts per game against Tampa versus Miami and Cincinnati, which are around 33 to 34. So around 10 less for Tampa. And to Mike's point, that's probably because they're taking advantage of the passing attack that, you know, that the Tampa offers. Now the other Thing you to have keep to say they're passing that, their passing defense, though, just to put it in perspective. What's that? What is their passing? Do you know what they're, they're They are almost dead last most. in their passing, their passing defense. They've so, given up the so, fifth most fancy points to opposing wideouts. Yeah. So that's why they're not near as good as the Patriots is because they're good on one end, not on the other. Yeah, and as, as, as a coach, you, you know that, right? And right. they haven't faced – bad you know rushing attacks they face san francisco carolina twice the and New i think york wilson will exploit their and, and sorry i'm gonna agree go ahead sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no that's okay no the new york giants with saquon barkley the rams new orleans tennessee with derrick henry so these aren't you know just teams that don't really run the ball and don't have established running game carolina christian mccaffrey played them twice he had 38 rushing attempts mike with 38 rushing attempts how many yards do you think christian christian mccaffrey had 65 uh, i'm not mike but i'm answering yeah I, I was cheating i'm looking at it right now i'm like stunned to see how low the yard yeah is. so colin yeah colin said 65 it's right there it's 68. 68 it's 68 these were his you know some of his lowest totals of the year is when he played hmm. tampa bay so uh you know they prove that they can establish that run defense against really good um, running attacks and Chris Carson gets the workload. I think he will get that workload. I don't expect him to be efficient and I don't expect him to get in the end zone this week. Good call, Sean. I'm excited to see how this one plays out. I- and, and, and Mike, ne- next Thunderstruck round next week, it's a closed book exam. You don't get to look at notes. To your point, though, if you could, yeah, like to your point with what you were saying with the, the passing attack, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, I'm starting on this game. Um, and I think they're going to have prolific games. But Carson's one of the, I think this is his highest value at $7,200. I'm not taking that uh, if you're in a daily fantasy football league. Love the intel. Good job, Shawnee, on that. Well, that wraps up Thunderstruck. And that wraps up our week. And I think. We had a lot of information, weather impacts, maybe not so significant, but stay up to date on all our platforms. We appreciate the followers we're getting on Twitter. We're building a presence. Thank you. I think everyone on our team is thankful. And follow us, FF Weather Guys, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Listen to us on our podcast. This week, we may be trying something new. Stay tuned. It may be a couple segment YouTube videos, but our podcast listeners, we're going to give you the full um, episode. We're going to try something different. What do you guys think? Have a good week. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah, look for those different segments and maybe some you know, you know, segments apply more to you. Um, but it is Halloween today, so we want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. Have a safe, fun uh, Halloween. And also, you know, good luck in this week's matchup. Start thinking about playoffs because they are right around the corner. Playoffs? Happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. Click subscribe. Thank you, everyone.